Okay, David Maida presents Jeff Downs of Yes Asia. The Boggles here with Jeff in the UK, right, Jeff? How are things in South Wales these days? Very nice, very nice. We've got some. Uh, we've had a unprecedented amount of good weather here for the last couple of weeks, so it's been uh, it's been pretty nice. Yeah, it's good. Here it's pitter patter thunderstorms. It's been this way, and it's going to continue this way. But I'm outside in the in the fresh air, so this is great. So. Yeah. Well, we had we had Glastonbury over the weekend, which was pretty good, and uh, some some good acts on there. You know, Elton John headlined, and that was his final UK show. So it's uh, it was pretty good to see that. Actually, it was, it was excellent. Yes, I saw that in Foo Fighters and a bunch of other great acts. You yeah. mentioned Elton, and I'm sure it was amazing. Not much progressive rock on that. <laughs> no, but we need we need to incorporate more of that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, but thanks for doing this, uh, you know, podcast interview. And I wanted to get started with, I think it's the 23rd Yes album, right? Um, Mirror to the Sky, which has got, got some stealth reviews of late. Um, and I'm actually really enjoying it. I think this is uh, Yes's finest piece in some time, in my opinion. Um, can you tell, tell a little bit about the, the opening track starting, you know, with Cut from the Stars? And how that came about? Yeah, you know, well, I think that um, there were a lot of ideas not not left over necessarily from uh, from the quest, but we quite a lot of stuff floating around. And I think that um, you know, cut from the stars was was one of the those that had you know the, there were elements as I say floating around before. Uh, and, and John and Steve were working very hard on that piece. So I think that um, it's uh, it's a great opening track. I think that the album. Like you say, it's, it's a very strong album. I think that, uh, you know, I think we had the chance. I think with the quest, it was very much a case of uh, we were stuck on, you know, in, in the dreaded lockdown. So we were operating uh, very remotely at that point. But I think this album, we had the opportunity to get a bit close together. Uh, there was each other in the studio. And I think that's really helped to. Uh, to solidify what we're what we're aiming for for this album. Great, yes, and you know what stands out. I mean, obviously, you know Billy Sherwood now on bass has gotten gotten very comfortable. I mean, obviously, Chris recommended the late Chris Squire recommended Billy, and I love the bass on that opening track. I mean, wow, it's just it's and, and the production. Steve did a great job. You know, it sounds true to. Yeah. Well, I think the, the, you know the fact that um, you know Billy. Uh, has really come into his own. He is, uh, you know, a featured bass player. I think, particularly on this album, I think, as you mentioned on that opening track, you know, it's a very, very animated bass part, almost that, that you could say was very Chris Squarish, you know. And uh, uh, and certainly, I think, you know, Jay's drumming is very, very powerful as well. Because of course, Billy and Jay have been, you know, have been a, a unit for many, many years now. So I think they've got. You know, understanding and sadly you know we lost alan last year which was a great a great shame for all of us a great sadness for all of us but uh to the fold and and you know, really respects and taken on alan's legacy in the way that alan would have would have wanted yes yes um and again you know boy alan is missed chris is missed but you know the band is carrying on and and rightfully so 
Um, the other track that stands out is Luminosity. I thought that was a really standout track as well. Uh, maybe you could touch base a little bit about that track. Yeah, well, that track's been around for some time. I think at one point it was called Luminous, and uh, uh, and I think even going back to um, maybe even before the quest, I think that uh, I remember Steve paying me some basic rudimentary idea he had for the song called, called Luminous. But I think that what happened was that uh, John... Um, in the studio, so it was very much uh, a, a team effort, I think, putting that one together. And uh, I think that we're very, um, uh, you know, it's come out really well. Uh, from, from its very, very formative uh, idea that Steve had, I think it really blossomed and turned into something very special, right? And then, you know, Living Out Their Dream, co written by yours truly, right? You actually had, yeah, yeah. Uh, another one of my ideas that I threw at Steve, and this one actually stuck. You know, <laughs> I think that uh, it's 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 written. I think the thing was that we 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 weren't writing as a as a as a unit in the studio per se. You know, we were doing a lot of exchanging ideas, and I think this one really resonated with Steve when I sent him the uh, the initial idea for it, uh, and uh, I think that that really um, that really established that particular song and uh, yeah i'm very pleased i mean i'm not i don't have a you know a huge amount on, on this album but uh, i think that uh you know that may change on the next album i don't know you know i had a, a lot of fly from here it was a, uh, a big input for myself and trevor um and you know that might we might have a uh, the next album might might have even more input from me I, I i certainly like to put my uh my hat into the ring when it comes to the writing Yes, yes, okay. And and I, I assume that there'll be a stateside tour coming over the pond. Yeah, well the thing is, uh Dave, we've been uh we've been weighing this up and I think that we we were a little bit reticent to go out in Europe this time because I think that uh there were a lot of factors that we were, we couldn't really do it. But I think now that things started to really settle down a bit, um I think that we've got uh, quite a big tour plan for the autumn or the fall, as you guys call it. So we're looking very much looking forward to that. I think that uh, you know we we'll probably have a couple of tracks off off this album. Um, last year when we came out, we did you know part of as you I remember you you came to a couple of the shows. So uh, we we did uh, a couple of tracks from the quest. And I think that that will be uh, you know what we what we're planning on this time as well. Yeah, the last tour, which, you know, I, again, I attended a bunch of those dates and it sounded incredible. I assume you're bringing out maybe 29 keyboards this time, Jeff, instead of 28. I thought I thought maybe I'd, I'd stretch it to about 30 odd or something like that. You know? <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've got. These keyboards, what are you doing? Carting all that lot around. So. Yeah, I'm down to about ten now, so um, I think I'll keep keep it around about that number. Well, you're you're one of those. But I think for me, it's it. Go ahead. You go. I, th I was going to say. I was going to say. I think I think it's important for me because you know I'm I'm usually playing three or four other keyboard players from Yes um, parts and music, and so 
Uh, I think it's important to be faithful to those as much as possible, which is why I've got, you know, a setup with a Mellotron and a setup with a, a Mini Moog and a, a Hammond organ and an acoustic piano and a Fender Rhodes. All those things were very, very important, I think, over the years to Yes's music. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm very conscious of, of uh, you know, playing all those different roles and, and trying to get into it as much as possible. Yes, it's it's something that stands out during a yes performance. I actually know that you use all those keyboards, and I enjoy it. I'm always, you know, drawn into different parts That's good. and <laughs> draw me in. If you're using all those keyboards, and boy, what a legacy of players! I mean, you know, Tony K, you know, Rick Wakeman, you know, yourself, Jeff Downs, and then you know, you had Oliver and you know, Tom Brislin, all these great players. But you know, mainly you know, Tony, you and and Rick. I mean, but you're utilizing all those keyboards and. It's true, and it's it's amazing, you know, when you see Yes Live. It's one of the things. Yeah, that- I mean, I, I was very much inspired by, uh, you know, by Tony and Rick because they were the first two keyboards, and, and Patrick as well, even though he only did one right, album. Right, right, you know, Patrick, right. uh, that was a very, a yeah. very unique album and very different album. Try as I say, try and stay as faithful as possible without being too restricted in solos and that kind of thing. Yes, you know, Patrick was integral, obviously, with Relayer and, and the Big Yes show in, in Philadelphia, for example, in 1976. That was a, one of the biggest shows to that at that time ever in Philadelphia. But let's fast forward to 1980. I mean, you had the Buggles, you know, Age of the Plastic. And then here, here we are, you know, you're in Yes. And you and Trevor, you know, drama, boy. You know, me personally speaking, look, I, I saw Yes many times in the 70s and I love all you know all the the classic yes releases but when drama came out it was sort of a a rebirth in in, in, for the band i mean i was totally blown away and i know a lot of the fans are really into drama like myself and i mean can you tell us about like you know going from the buggles which was amazing the first video on mtv and here you are you had you know video killed you know video star or video killed the radio (laughs) say and then here you are with you know drama and you know tempest fuji came out like, i think it was um yeah i think it was a great time for me and trevor because you know i think that we only felt that the buggles had a limited pop music because we you know a lot of pop music has a very unforgiving throwaway element to it you know you, you go to the top of the charts and then you know and then it gets forgotten about that's you know happily it didn't happen with video kid the radio star one of the reasons i think being the fact it was the first video on mtv and it became almost part of the american uh the american psyche if you like you know because that that it was played so uh intensely and i think that um you know when we made that shift into yes it was a uh, a great thing for us because um, particularly for myself, because it was a real opportunity. You know, I was following in the footsteps of Rick Wakeman. You know, the mighty Rick Wakeman, and uh, uh, and you know that's not a that's not an easy thing to follow on from. And so, uh, uh, I, I think that it was a you know both Trevor and myself were musicians. We 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 done our our time doing sessions and all that kind of thing. But I mean, this was a whole different ball game. Certainly, coming into a you know a band like Yes, which was you know we were both big fans of the band, so I think that we'd um, you know we'd achieved uh, great things with them. 
move on to another another level. And certainly, uh, the guys in Yes were very, uh, Steve, Chris, and Alan were very, very, um, uh, very accommodating and really wanted to push us and uh, work with us. Because uh, I think they were they really liked the album that we did, The Urge of Plastic. You know, I think that uh, that was something that. Uh, certainly, Chris was very uh, thought thought it was great, and I think they they saw this as an opportunity of a way of moving yes into another generation, moving not you know not just staying in that playing those great big long songs and uh, you know tales from topographic and all that stuff. They had this opportunity of seeing these two guys who were very much, I suppose, involved in the tech techno side of it, the the technical side, the uh, you know more. Uh, I suppose Trevor's lyrics were far more uh, urban than pastoral, you know. Certainly, John Anderson's lyrics were always very, uh, uh, very pastoral, the rivers and gardens and, and flowers and all that sort of thing. Whereas when, you know, Trevor got hold of the lyrics, he was talking about pylons in the sky and, you know, all this sort of stuff. So there were, uh, you know, Machine Messiah, you know, we, would, we, we moved it to, uh, I think, you know, much more, uh, I suppose, a, a much more contemporary um, feel at that point. Uh, so and I think the other guys, yes, really embraced it. And so I think that the, the end result drama was was a big shift for yes. I think it was, it was really shifted yes from that 70s generation into the 80s generation, which I think was further explored when they did the 90125 album with Trevor. Uh, that sort of move them again into into the sort of the 80s more more sort of dare I say corporate rock sound uh, and so um, I think we were mainly positively Trevor and I were, were, were responsible or certainly part responsible for for putting yes into that direction and I think that you know when you say you you, you love that album and you think that's a you know, great album I think I think you know there were people like yourself who at the time really embraced it and thought this is great but you know maybe some of the diehard yes fans were, were you know they, they didn't expect it they didn't expect to see these two guys who you know were completely unknown as far as they were concerned um coming to this revered band that they'd seen playing around and all the rest of it so it was i think it was you know understandably it was tough for those guys but to to accept us uh, and i think it was particularly hard on trevor because of course uh, because he was the first replacement for Anderson uh, in Yes, he had the hardest job. I, mean, I was the fourth keyboard player, so it was not there was not so much focus on me because uh, obviously they had Tony and, and, and Rick and Patrick before me, so that there wasn't really that emphasis. And and also as a keyboard player, you know, you, you're not you're not right at the front of the stage. You know, nothing. It was, uh, you know, uncalled for because uh, I think when you hear the album, uh, you you know you, you listen to tracks like Tempest Future and, and uh, you know Machine Messiah. Did it really happen? You know, I think the fact you know the fact is it was a pretty serious album. Uh, and, uh, there's a lot of detail in it. The other guys were played off the scale. You know, I think Alan's drumming is incredible on that album. I think Chris's bass playing, Steve's guitar playing is is really off the scale as well. So. Uh, I'm very proud of that album. I think that you know it um, it, it came out well. I think a lot of the S fans uh, over the years have started to accept it and actually you know put it in some of their top 
uh, top five yes albums, you know. So I think it's, uh, I think in the end of it, we were, you know, it was uh, something that we we did, we did well and we did, did it right at the time. Yes, it was definitely a bridge, obviously, between the 70s to the 80s. But again, it was a landmark release and it's up there in the top five. And, um, you know, the tour was great. I mean, I remember that tour. I saw it. And then from there, obviously, you went on to, you know, start Asia. I mean, with, you know, Steve and the late, you know, John Wetton. I mean, you know, Carl. I mean, that's just that was another, you know, great opportunity for you. And here you are again, you know making a, a huge comeback again and reinventing the wheel i mean that wow i mean i i know well, has it, go ahead yeah i mean i'm uh yeah i'm very grateful and privileged that i'm, I'm able to you know to able to come back and re uh you know re-look at the, the, the bands that i've been involved with and uh certainly coming back into yes was it was a great thing for me because obviously I had uh, we did the Fly From Here album and uh, you know I had quite quite a big part of that uh, and so that was you know that was 12 years ago so you know you're thinking well you know I've been back in the band for 12 years I'm probably I'm probably the longest serving keyboard player I think by now uh, so yeah I mean it's uh, it's great uh, great times for me to be playing with Yes Again um, making out, making new music as well. You know, I think that uh, that's one of the great things that uh, I, th I think any band like Yes really does need to keep putting an output. You know, whether or not the fans say, "Well, it's not as good as this album," or "It's not as good as that," uh, I don't think that really matters to us because I think that you know we we really feel that you know without doing new music, it would just be a case of regurgitating the classics. Which is, you know, which is great. I know people want to hear it. People still want to hear Roundabout, even though they've played it, you know, three million times. But um, I think from our standpoint, it keeps us fresh. It keeps us interested. Um, it expands the the whole chapter of Yes, the, the, another chapter, uh, and, and protects the protects the legacy, I think, in, in some ways. Yes, yeah. I mean, you have to carry on and create, you know, and and stay relevant, and you certainly have done so. You know, you're to the sky. But you, you mentioned roundabout. I I posted a, a short little real clip on my socials back from the Keswick show, and in two months, that clip of roundabout had a quarter million views. And I kid you not. And I'm like, so yes, there are fans that still want to hear that, but then you know, fans want to hear new material. Let's see what they have. And again, you. The band is delivered here, so no doubt. Um, also, you have, uh, I know you're, yeah. there's a new John Wetton book out, Extraordinary Life, you know, stories and tributes, and then there's a Trading Boundaries coming up, right, on August 3rd. You're hosting with Prague Magazine and East yeah. Can you tell us about that briefly? Well, yeah, I think it was an idea that was uh, floated around a couple of months ago, and uh and of course, when, when I think Martin, my um, manager, ran it by me and said, "Would you be interested in doing this?" I said, "Yeah, of course." You know, because you know my relationship with John was like no other. You know, we were we were so very close, not just um, as songwriters, guys in the band, but you know, we were very close friends as well. We had a lot of uh, we had so much in common. You know that. Uh, uh, I, I didn't really need to be asked twice to 
uh, anything to do with John Wetton. I'm first first in the queue to to push it forward and uh, you know give my you know put my name to it. Uh, certainly, uh, when I think about uh, the great songs we've written together over the years, you know uh, that was a very sad loss for me personally because. I think we had, you know, a lot more music in us, and, and I'm sure we did. You know, that's uh, uh, there's, there's a sadness there, but but also I'm very very proud of the music we did do. Not not just the Asia stuff, but uh, some of John's solo stuff, uh, the Icon stuff that we did together. Uh, I think that, you know, when I listen to some of that stuff now, I think, wow, you know, we did right. You know, it's uh, it's going to be the first time I've played Asian music probably for well since the Royal Affair tour. So yes, I think um, <clears throat> I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a very emotional night. I think sure, and and you have some great guests already committed to this. So looking forward to see some seeing some of the clips again. You know, you know, we lost John, lost Alan, Chris. I mean, but the band is carrying on. You know. Obviously, this is a great tribute for John. And then, you know, yes, we'll be touring and looking forward to, you know, these stateside dates. I know the fans are eagerly awaiting. So, yeah, I think so. You know, my, my whole thing is John's music should never be forgotten. You know, and I think that uh, not, not just the stuff I rock with him, but of course, you know, his whole legacy of King Crimson UK, all of the stuff that he's ever done in the past. And so I think that, um, it's uh, it's going to be a great celebration of his uh, of John's music. Yes, well, I'm sure he's you know looking down, giving you know you and everyone involved with this, you know, including the fans, you know, a th the thumbs up. John was just such a besides impeccable talent. He was just an amazing individual, as we both know, and you more so Absolutely. than. But, you know, he, you know, this is a great tribute. And I'm looking forward to actually, you know, checking out the book and reading the book. So great. Yeah. Well, the book's fantastic. And uh, it's uh, it's a really good. Uh, well, I've got it right here. There it is. This is the guy. Wow. That Okay. An extraordinary life. And that is um, just a great book. It's a okay, great book. So, so, oh, yes, fans, Asia fans, progressive rock fans, and fans of mainly John Wett and, you know, you, all the, the great history and all the great bands he was involved with, as we all know. Please pick up this book. And, you know, Jeff, I, I thank you for this opportunity. I'm drinking my, my coffee and my 50th anniversary. Uh, yes. Uh, oh, good. I'm drinking my water. So okay. we'll celebrate. <laughs> yes, but thank you very much. Thank Jeff. you. I, I'm looking forward to seeing you when you come uh in the Philadelphia area in New York City and my best to everyone lots of luck with the new release and this uh, show that's taking place in East Sussex that's on August 3rd and I thank you have a you know a great start of the week thank you very much and great great to see you again David thank you likewise Jeff cheers be well thanks cheers bye now